This is the Worth Recovery Podcast, featuring women in addiction. Welcome back to Worth Recovery, a podcast featuring women and sex addiction. My name is Amy. I'm your host here. I'm a sex addict, and I've been sober since December 2nd of 2012. And I have with me today Jackie Peck. Hi. And we are excited to talk to you today about One Layer Deeper, Mm -hmm. uh, the work that we've been doing this last year, um, as well as what we have planning coming forward for 2019. Yeah, it's going to be a good year. Yeah. And you're probably wondering, like, well, where's John? Mm Because it's been Jackie, John, and me for the last year talking about One Layer Deeper. And so we wanted to share with you a little bit about some decisions or business decisions and Uh things that we've made um, as far as what John wanted to do. Right. I'm going to let Jackie kind of summarize. If you are a listener of the Thanks for Sharing podcast with Jackie and John, they released an episode earlier this week where they talk about kind of that decision and and John's thought process Mm -hmm. and things like that. Yeah. So if you can go back and listen to that if you want all the details, but I'm going to let Jackie kind of summarize what that conversation was about. So it's episode 111 on Thanks for Sharing. Um, And I think it's worth listening. It's not just... um, an update like as, as the decision, right? We do talk about that. But I think we also get into just kind of boundaries and limits and all this other stuff that I think makes it a good listen. Um, the summary, though, if you're wondering and don't have time to pop over and listen right now, the summary basically, um, John was feeling extended in his life and living outside of his boundaries in many areas and just felt overstretched and was looking at 2019 and feeling like um, the calendar we had and the calendar he had um, there was going to have to be some prices paid that he wasn't willing to pay. Um, one of the main ones being his, with his family and his time. And so uh, he let us know, you know, we had a one of our conference calls and he, he kind of let us know what he was thinking and that he thought that he was going to need to step back and not be part of 1LD. And you and I respected that because we don't have a choice, right? <laughs> I mean, we, we could try to guilt him or whatever. Right, right. But that's not really how it works. And so... Um, that's not being relational right right? right. and so we're still friends with john and we still talk to john and yeah we we, We were just with him this morning exactly right and so um everything's fine you know there's no drama or um problems there but moving forward one layer deeper will be amy and myself yeah and john's got other great projects he's involved in yeah and we're excited for him and the projects that he's doing and we're excited. We'll be referring to his projects and he'll yeah. be referring to our projects because yeah. we respect each other's work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we're also very excited about what we have planned for right. 2019. Yes. And what we're looking forward to. Yeah. Um, and one of those <coughs> is coming up quickly at the end of February, the very end of February. Mm-hmm. February 28th. Mm-hmm. Through March 3rd. We're going to do another intensive here in Salt Lake. We're mm-hmm. going to be in Salt Lake downtown. Right. Um, and we're going to do an intensive around family of origin issues. Yes. Yes. So some of the thinking about this, <clears throat> I think it was about a year ago, um, I had a client who really needed to do uh, family of origin work. And he and I had been doing family of origin work. But often we'll say as therapists, like sometimes when you're going to hit some core things, you kind of need to go to a place where you can just let it all unravel. 
and not have to go to work and not have to like get up every day. Right, not have to compartmentalize it, right? right? Like, or even like he was kind of concerned, like, you know, he's single and he lives on his own and he was just like, I don't know what I, like, I, I don't know that that's safe for me in my recovery to um, do this deeper work and then go home every night by myself, right? And that's a legitimate point for him. And um, so I was looking for a family of origin intensive that we, that we could get him to. And I was reaching out to a lot of different CSATs and places that I know do intensives that I really respect their work. And I couldn't find one. Mm. Um, they would say like, well, we do it on this and we, we touch on family of origin, so he'll get that. Um, but we were looking for family of origin. Yes, very focused yes. and specific. Yep. And a lot of time dedicated <laughs> yeah. to family Not of just origin touching on issues. it, but going one layer deeper on it. Right? right, yeah. And I just, I couldn't find it. I found one that, um, you know, they said, yeah, we get into that. And, and they did. And I think it was, it was good for him. And like, you know, you always come away from an intensive with something good. And he right. did. And I don't think he regrets going to that one. But it wasn't what we were looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, we were talking about starting one, one layer deeper. We were talking about this need to, to do intensives in advanced recovery to hit Mm -hmm. some of these things and provide that safe place. And I had said like family of origin, like I can't find it out there and I know my clients need it. Right. Yeah. And so like in your experience here, what, what were the indicators for you that your client needed to work on family of origin issues? So, I mean, I'm a big believer, like I like the ACA fellowship. Um, it's a 12 step fellowship. It's been around since the eighties. I really like the work. I love the big book, um, for ACA. And I think there's some really great material there, but I, I still think, you know, in any 12 step fellowship, which I support, you don't get super deep in the fellowships. Mm-hmm. You can't like the nature of it and the, to keep safety and all that kind of stuff. You can't go super deep. Um, you know, so you're kind of left with the book and the work and maybe you yourself can go kind of deep or you and your therapist can go kind of deep. But again, you've got to, you know, compartmentalize and right. go you to get, work. And you get one hour life. in your yeah. therapist's office and yeah. then you got to go do other things. And and I just think, you know, to me, um, whether it's the ACA work, the adult child of um, alcoholics. alcoholics or, dysfunctional, or families. dysfunctional families, right, that family of origin work that ACA gets into Um, or like family of origin intensives, to me, this is the granddaddy of the addiction, right? Mm. This is where addiction is born, Mm. is like we become addicts because we needed to in order to cope with and survive the family of origin issues. Mm -hmm. I remember one thing that you said to me that was really impactful a few years ago. Um, I I don't remember exactly what I had come into your office with that day, um, but... I remember you saying that our story doesn't start the day that we're born. Right. Right. And for me, that was like a revelation. I was always like, of course, my story starts. The, like, yeah. I didn't exist before then. Right? right. Like, I didn't exist before I was born uh-huh. or at least physically here. Right. Yeah. So like my, of course, that's when my story starts. Right. Uh-huh. And then I asked you like, well, what do you, what do you mean by that? And and so you started explaining, like, well, your parents each had their own story, right, right? that they came into with their family of origin, and then they together had, had uh-huh. written a story that they're right. writing together, and you're born into that story, right? Right. Right. And that as a child, you don't have a lot of control over that. Yeah. You know? and, and we see things, right? Like, I even remember when I got married, right, I was given this gift. Um, it was like a wall plaque, a wooden wall plaque, and on it had the last name, so Pack, and then kind of through it, it said Established 1993, right, which is... 
is where we, um, when we got married. And, you know, so it's kind of this, okay, we've established ourselves. We began. Right. right? Uh-huh. And I'm just like, except we didn't. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Because both except of us brought true. in everything from before 1993. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so again, we have like little plaques or like, you know, you might do this when your baby's born and just be like, oh, your story began. And, and those are not, those are nice thoughts, but they're just not accurate. Right. Right. They, there's so many different... And you can hang it on your wall if you want to. Absolutely, right? right? I'm saying you can't do that. And it's true, you were right. established yes, in 1993, yeah. but there was a lot that came yeah, into yeah. that, right? <laughs> there was a lot in the house at 1993. Yeah. That wasn't that you, a new beginning. Right, you weren't aware of. We didn't have a clean slate, yeah. <laughs> right, and and just that, that that whole family of origin piece is that birthplace mm-hmm. of where we learn dysfunctional... Um, behaviors yeah right and and to understand you know and and we'll be doing this in our intensive when you you just take a step back and you think okay um let's go back to like my grandparents and maybe even great grandparents right i have a lot of clients who don't even know that story of like grandparents parents Mm -hmm. they they don't know it right Mm -hmm. i wouldn't say i know it i know a little bit more on my mom's side but when i start looking at my family of origin there's a lot of mystery on my dad's side including like my cousins Right. That's not very far removed. Right. Right. Like my dad just had one half brother and there's a whole lot of mystery there. Mm -hmm. Like there's just so many things I don't actually know, even about my dad's birth dad. Right. Mystery. Mm -hmm. I have a name. That's all. Um, And so when we start taking a step back and we look at, you know, not just their story of their family, but then you start looking at, okay, well, what year were they born and what was happening? on the planet, right? In their country, in their city, not just in their family. Mm-hmm. And and what does that look like? And, you know, was there disease? Was there death? Was there, right? I mean, when you start looking at this, um, the trauma story right. just comes into picture. Right. 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 I mean, if you're, I mean, we're living in the States, right? So many people immigrated, like so many, I mean, really everybody at one point, immigrated. except the Native Americans immigrated, <laughs> right? right? And so where is that story? Because immigration is a trauma story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And usually the, the fact that they're looking at immigrating, there's a trauma story that they're leaving behind, and then there's trauma in coming. Mm-hmm. And once they get here, like, it's hard, Reestablishing. Right? And, yeah. yeah, and so you're like, okay, how did that trauma then impact those people? Because that story is still living in our family. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and that's our plan for that first Thursday night yeah. is to really look at that big picture story uh-huh. of your life, right? Like what was the story that you were born into? Because right. it didn't start when you were born. Right. I remember when I started attending ACA fellowship and like was just floored at how much that resonated with me uh-huh. until I really realized that my grandfather was the alcoholic in my family, mm-hmm. right? Like my parents weren't alcoholics, but my grandfather was, mm-hmm. and so my mom, and you know, took on a lot of those attributes, which then came down and mm-hmm. passed down to me, right? right. So it's it is a generational thing. Those right. those attributes, that dysfunction, the mm-hmm. the coping mechanisms that you develop, the trauma that you develop, all of that is generational, right? Right. And and so it's important that we look at that bigger picture that you are born into. Uh huh. Absolutely. And, and to and to and to look at the way that that impacts you. And one of the things we're going to do is also not only establish like how that impacted us negatively, right? But also look at a lot of the strengths that we developed yes, because we survived that dysfunction. And and a lot of those strengths were how you survived that dysfunction. Right. Right? And to look at that and be like this is where that came from and and 
And sometimes my strength, right, if I overuse it, it can be dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. But to recognize, like, this is, I, like, I have this strength within me because of the dysfunction. Mm-hmm. And to really be able to celebrate that about ourselves and more fully appreciate mm-hmm. um, what kind of sprouted out of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that a lot of people are afraid of family of origin work because mm-hmm. they don't want to hate their family. Right. Right? Like, I know that was... And you don't need to. You don't need to. Right. I... I really want to emphasize that mm-hmm. we're, we're we are, it's not our goal that you right. walk away hating your family right. or that you have to cut all your ties with them right. or that you never talk to them again. Plus, I think sometimes when you really get it and you get the whole picture, um, I think you can more easily tolerate some things. You're just like, I get it. I right. get why they do this. Right. When these conversations happen, you're like... Oh, I know that, right? <laughs> and and so your body doesn't get so reactive mm-hmm. to it because you're just like, I've already seen this. I know this. And so when it comes up, I, I know what to do. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to irritate me as much. Or I don't have to get so defensive because it's not as threatening. Right. Because I now know it and I see right. it. I understand where it came from. Mm-hmm. I understand why you do it. And I don't have to, right. I don't have to be a part of yes. that anymore. Yep. Right? Like I can just understand yeah. it and love you anyway mm-hmm. and walk away. Yes. Yeah. And so sometimes it actually does the opposite, right? Mm-hmm. Like I don't have to hate my family. I get it. And and sure, there is some mourning sometimes about um, the relationship that will never be. Right. Yeah. I think that's a big piece of the family mm-hmm. of origin work is mm-hmm. really that grief piece of this is what I wanted or maybe this is, you know, what I what I needed. Yes. Right. And this is what I needed as a child. And that wasn't there. Right. And so being able to look at that piece and grieve that piece uh-huh. and f- learn how to fulfill those needs right. for yourself. How to take steps towards I can now, now that I know that those needs were there mm-hmm. and that there's so much wounding around it, I now know how to meet those needs. Right. Yeah. That's a big piece of the work mm-hmm. that we're going to do that mm-hmm. weekend. So we're going to do that big piece Thursday night about understanding kind of where we came from mm-hmm. and the, the story, trauma, we the story that we were born into. And then Friday, we're going to start looking at what we call functional adulthood, uh-huh. right? And we're going to use, based on kind of Pia Melody's model, right. of functional adulthood and the traits of functional adulthood. Right. Now, I know you and John did a whole series, yes, right? In your, yeah, in on your, the five um, traits of functional adulthood. Yeah, in your podcast. Uh-huh. So you can go back and listen to that if that's right. of interest to you, but we're going to start digging into that. And we scratched the surface on right. it. Right. Really. I, mean, I mean, yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> Nobody's going to listen to a, one episode for four hours. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so we're going to work on that and talk about those strengths that we mm-hmm. developed, right? Mm-hmm. And how those can help us in right. functional adulthood and be able to really move through that. And then the after, oh, and we're also going to do an assessment, right? Yes. Allow yeah. you to assess yourself. Where am I as a functional adult? Right. In those five categories uh-huh. and traits and really understand where you're at, and then our goal at the end is that you walk away with a plan on how to move forward Mm -hmm. in those areas of your life that need some attention. I remember the first time um, I learned about Pia Melody's model and the, you know, traits of, there's five traits of functional adulthood. And I did a self-assessment, right? It wasn't anything formal or anything. I was just looking at that and like, and I, you know, I had, I wasn't good in any of the five, right? Like I had work (laughs) to do in all five. And and then, you know, a couple of years later, I kind of reintroduced or, you know, was listening again to the five steps of it or traits of functional adulthood. And I was like, oh, I've made progress. Nice. And it felt really good, right? Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and, you know, a third time, I mean, I've been a therapist a long time, right? So these keep coming into my life. And, and I remember like one of the last times I was looking at it and really doing it. And I was like, I 
I think I'm good in all five. Like, I'm a functional adult. Like, I was just like, <laughs> look at you go. Yeah. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> good job. Right? I was like, and, and it's not, you know, that you don't, that you're finished, right? Right. But I was just like, yeah, no. And I could look back and be like, I, I did. Slowly but surely, I moved myself into functional adulthood. And mm-hmm. it feels liberating. It feels great. Mm-hmm. I remember um, a, a few years ago, I had uh, my younger cousin, much younger cousin, needed a place to live. And so she moved in with me for, mm-hmm. I don't know, almost a year. And I, it was a struggle because every, every day she'd be like, I don't want to be an adult. Like, I don't want to adult. And she was 24 or 25. And she's like, I, I'm not adulting, you know. And that whole movement of like, I don't want to adult today. The uh-huh. t-shirts or the, yes. you know, the whole hashtag of like not adulting, right? <laughs> yeah. And so I remember one day sitting down with her and being like, I love being an adult. So uh-huh. like, what what's the what's the disconnect here? You know, so what do you think being an adult is? Right. Right. And really her having no clue. Right. Mm-hmm. Or like not really understanding or thinking that adulthood was boring and restrictive and, mm-hmm. you know, all these things. And so I remember like having that conversation with her like, adulthood is liberating mm-hmm. like being a functional adult is very liberating right and very empowering and i think we have this myth right now in our world uh-huh. you know that like adulting is not fun right i mean there there are pieces of adulting that uh, right might because, not be fun because life isn't meant to be fun all of the time right, right. Uh-huh. but when you go to work every day right or five days a week or however many days you go to work and you go to work and you can then see like, Hey, I can take a vacation or I can buy this or I can right like that is part of adulthood. And, and that is like, you do have to be responsible, Mm -hmm. but it's not bad. Mm -mm. No. Yeah. So, and and those may be things you look at, right? If you completely hate your job, we may need to look at what trauma are you replicating from your family of origin story? Right. And how do you get to where you go to work and you enjoy it? Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And again, how that big story played mm-hmm. is playing out in your life. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we're going to do the morning of the second day. Yeah. That's a lot to get done. We'll, that is. We'll get it done. Okay. And then that afternoon, we're going to explore boundaries. Yes. Right. What boundaries really look like on a personal and a relational level. Yes. And I love, we're doing, we're going to explore Jackie's model of boundaries, <laughs> which I use all the time, all the time in my coaching and all that type of thing. And I'm just really excited to be able to share that with more people. I used it with a client the other day. Well, I had used it with a client on my whiteboard, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then another client later that day came in and she said, um, what is that? You know, and I was like, oh, have I ever showed you this thing on boundaries? And she was like, no. And she's like, you've never used the whiteboard with me. And I was like, oh, sorry. Right? <laughs> let me let me get to work. And so I drew it out and I was doing that. And she was like, where did you learn that? And I was like, well, in a moment of desperation, I kind of came up with it. Right. And, and uh, she was just like, you came up with that. And I was like, I know. <laughs> and uh but I said, yeah, I was, I was trying to explain relationships and I was trying to explain boundaries. And I'm not an artist. I mean, my kids will firmly attest to that, right? Um, I'm not an artist in any way. This is drawing boxes and stick figures, it, which is my art, <laughs> right? So, and it's still brilliant. So that is the stamp that, yep, that's Jackie's because, you know, the drawing is not complicated. Um, 
But yeah, I think it really did kind of put some of the more abstract thoughts in my head of like, how do I explain this into something pretty simple mm-hmm. that people pick up and use a lot. Yeah. Well, and I love the aspect that it, it works on both the personal level, right? Mm-hmm. And you have this relational box right. too, right? And defining that relational space, right. which in One Layer Deeper, we talk a lot about like, what does that relational space mm-hmm. look like? How am I being relational? And But there's not a lot out right. there to tell and you about no. that. And is the relational box congruent with the individual box? Right. Right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to spend some time talking about that and delving into what those personal boundaries look like, mm-hmm. right? Evicting people from my own space if I need right. to, um, containing my own space if I need right. to, right? Learning how to step up and take all of my space. Right. Mm-hmm. And then also looking at that relational space mm-hmm. and what the boundaries need to be there. Yeah. And how we work in family of origin, how those family of origin messages contributed to what I lack in boundaries yeah. or where my boundaries are too tight yeah. or too rigid or how I deal with those spaces. Yeah. And this is one of the things in that episode that John and I um, recently did talking about this. One of the things we talk about is boundaries are always needed, right? Regardless of your personal or emotional health, you still need boundaries. Like you mm-hmm. never outgrow how boundaries go. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it may change depending on your health and the health of the people that you're in relationship with, right? But there's never going to come a time in which boundaries, like you've graduated from needing them. Right. Right. And sometimes we think that, like, I recently had an exchange um, with a woman who was like, you don't need, like you don't even need to set a boundary here like and I'm like mm, I'm pretty sure I do right uh-huh. like <laughs> I'm feeling that like you know violation thing right. but just like you know she's like well mental health is you know when when you're fully healthy you don't need boundaries and I'm like mm, I don't agree with right, that right because right? boundaries is what got you there and it's what keeps you there right yeah and so understanding that need and that space and how mm-hmm. we how we do that okay so that's the second day. Yeah. And then the third day, we're going to talk a lot about how that trauma, right? So once you've learned about this story, right, uh-huh. and kind of where you're at in functional adulthood, right. right, and then the boundary aspect of things, now we're going to talk about how is all of those things showing up in your current life, right? Right. And maybe in ways you don't even realize, uh-huh. right? And how is it impacting what's going on? Right. We talked about kind of maybe your job, right? Maybe yeah. maybe you equate functional adulthood to this horrible job that you have right. to go to every day, all day. Because... Gotta make the donuts. That's what I remember <laughs> that commercial, right? <laughs> yes. Gotta make the donuts. <laughs> right. Or like, have you seen um, Joe? No, it's, I think it's Joe versus the volcano. It's a oh, really yes, yes, old I've movie. And at the very beginning, Tom Hanks is like, it's all that whole gray, yes. like everything's gray and we're like drudging uh-huh. into work, right? And I wasted my whole life in this place, blah, blah, blah. But that's trauma working, right. like manifesting replicating itself, itself, replicating yeah. itself in our lives, yep. right? And sometimes our inability to see that mm-hmm. um, or just awareness Mm -hmm. around those types of things so how is that trauma story we're going to analyze how is it currently playing out Mm -hmm. in your life right Right. and kind of put some of those pieces together Mm -hmm. for our attendees and then the afternoon we're going to spend putting that plan together like if this is where it's showing up right what movement can i make on that right what's the next steps for that how do i how do i end that trauma how do i move on to that to be able to because it can be right i mean one of the things we have been told when we've done the uh, dating and recovery intensive, mm-hmm. like we kind of quickly get into a deep dive and we're like, yeah, intensive. 
Like, <laughs> it that is, is the word intensive. And and one of the things that we would promise people doing the dating in recovery is we're going to come back up mm-hmm. and you're going to have a plan and you're going to leave with some hope. Right. But, yep, we dive deep. Right. And that goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning, right? Like, in an hour session mm-hmm. in your therapist's office or with your coach or whoever you're mm-hmm. working with, like... It's hard to dive deep in an hour, right. knowing that I've got to dry up my tears or put it all back together yeah. so that I can go home or go back to uh-huh. work or function or whatever whatever yeah. the situation is. I've had is. clients before tell me, like, it takes me, um, you know, the first 40 minutes of the session to where I can be vulnerable. And then I have, like, five, five minutes before I have to start, like, getting ready to walk out the door and mm-hmm. face the world. Right. Right? And I'm like... Okay, how can, and you know, in a therapy session, I'm like, how can we get there quicker than 40 minutes, right? right? How do we get there in like 10 minutes so we can spend a good 30 minutes in that place and then get you ready to walk out the door? Mm-hmm. Right. So think of that like this is the whole weekend, right? Mm-hmm. So like the first night, our goal is to like, oh, hang on. I always forget that. The first night, our goal is to unmask you right right is to like look at this trauma story and and really pull back all of the curtains and make it a safe space absolutely right we're We're first gonna gonna spend some time making it a safe space so that we can do that right Mm -hmm. and not just like you know traumatize you into that one layer deeper (laughs) we're not gonna do that no that is not our goal (laughs) yeah so we're gonna like create some safe space Mm -hmm. and then we're all gonna dive together right Mm -hmm. yeah and then we have some writing exercises and things for mm-hmm. you to do that night and the next morning. So, like, you're, you know, you're going to go, you have that night to kind mm-hmm. of think about things and process. And then you'll come back the next day and we'll still have two more days, right, right to go right. through all of that and unpack it and look at it. And then, again, by the time you're done, like, we we want you to have a lot of hope yeah. and have and, a lot of... And a lot of times people are like, that wasn't so bad because right. I'm walking away knowing what I know and seeing what I saw and mm-hmm. that's good. Right. Yeah. And then also walking back into your life with things to work on. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So, you know, we, we'll have a plan for you to walk back into your life to work with your therapist or your coach or whoever sponsor, you're working yeah. with your sponsor. Right. So that you can continue that work. Right. Because our goal is not to, you know, this isn't like a one and done thing. Right. right. We know that this is just the deep dive mm-hmm. and the plan. Mm-hmm. But you have to carry that back into your life. Right. Yeah. And oftentimes, many of the people, you know, at least for some extent of time, keep, like, they start a little WhatsApp group or a GroupMe mm-hmm. app or something like that where they're helping each other because they've just witnessed everybody else's work right. as well as people witnessing their work. And how do we support you in the next month or two months as we go back into our life from this weekend that we spent together? Yeah. Yeah. So we're really excited about this. Yeah. I'm super excited about mm-hmm. it. We only have... Um, well, we have 12 spots total, yep. and some of those are spoken for already, yep. so we have limited availability, yep. but it will be here in Salt Lake, Salt Lake City, Utah, February 28th through March 3rd, so Thursday night through Sunday morning. Uh-huh. Um, it'll be downtown Salt Lake. Uh, the cost is $19.95, so $1,995. Yep. That includes all of your meals and all of your housing Yeah. Um, for, the, for the entire time. You'll have yep. a single hotel room for yourself. Uh-huh. Um, so all you got to do is get here. Yep. And if you're already here, even better, right? Right. But, um, all you got to do is But we do here. want you, if even if you're here, we you do want to, you to still stay on site just absolutely. for your own emotional work. Yeah. Um, that's going to be a better option to stay on site. Um, 
Yeah, and and we'll have some fun doing the work. And oh yeah, we have tons of fun. Yeah. yeah. So we're excited about that. Mm-hmm. So if you want to join us, you can either go straight to the One Layer Deeper website, right, which is spelled out One Layer Deeper, O N E L A Y E R D E E P E R, right? Yeah. Yeah. OneLayerDeeper.com, and there's information there where you can go in and look and register. You can also schedule a call if you'd prefer to talk to one of us first. uh, Make sure that this is a good Uh fit for you. We would love to talk to you about that as well. So you can get on there and schedule the call, or you can just go straight and register as well. So that's our first big thing we've got coming Uh up this year for One Layer Deeper. Yeah. We also have more things in the works we're excited about. So uh, starting in March, the end of March, we're going to be doing a kind of uh, dating and recovery webinar. So it's like a light version of our intensive, (laughs) intensive. right? So four Sundays in a row, you can also get information about that. And we're going to be covering healthy sexuality, disclosure in dating, fun fun in dating, having fun in dating, right? And really dating intentionally and kind of digging through some of that a little bit. Yeah. Um, that will be a live webinar, so you can get on and register for mm-hmm. that or look at that as well. And then we're going to be doing another dating and recovery intensive later this year. Yeah. Um, well, and we have one in June. In June, right. In Tennessee. In Tennessee. In Tennessee, the Nashville, Nashville area. Nashville yeah. area of Tennessee, right. So in June, we've got that. Those dates are on the website as well. And again, you can call us, schedule a call with uh-huh. us, anything like that. Um, and then we'll be at ITAP again this year. Uh-huh. So the International Institute of Tra- uh, Addiction and Trauma Profession- Trauma Trauma and Addiction Professionals. Professionals. Sorry, yeah. I got that backwards. Uh, so that will be in Phoenix in May. The first part of May. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So we've got all of that coming up. Yeah. So we're super excited. We are excited. I think it's going to be, I said this in the podcast with John, we were talking about One Layer Deeper, and I just said, it's going to be fun. And then I kind of paused and said, well, in the way therapists think it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because <laughs> we sometimes have a twisted sense of what's fun, right? Uh-huh. And we think like taking these deep dives and doing, yeah, maybe some emotionally painful work, but coming up with a plan and hope and a different perspective, we get excited about that. We think that's super fun. Yeah, <laughs> me too. I think it's super yeah. fun. And I, I think a lot of our listeners, you know, are in those advanced recovery mm-hmm. stages, right? You've, you've stabilized your life. Things are going well, right? And you're wondering, like, why Why am I not moving mm-hmm. on? Why mm-hmm. am I not moving on to that next level? Or you feel stuck in a different way than you did when you were active right. in your addiction. Right. And and that's really the birthplace of these intensives, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Is how do we get people unstuck around? Yes. How can we provide a place where you can get unstuck around these particular areas? Mm-hmm. Whether that's dating, relationships, family um, of origin, right? We've been talking about grief work. Mm-hmm. We've been talking about a variety of other things. Where yeah, we, we can... have a whole list of topics that we think we could do intensives around that yeah. would be beneficial. Right, and help you get unstuck uh-huh. from where you're at and give you some resources and plans to be able to go back and execute. Right. Because this is only, I mean, we, we get work done there. But that's only the scratching the surface, not right. scratching the surface, but it is that one layer deeper, but yeah. you've got to take that work back into your life. Yes. That's what actually facilitates yeah. that change. Well, I think of it too, a lot of times, like my experience with the PM Melody model, right? Like I came into contact with that and would look at that um, multiple times throughout the years, right? And then, and I, you know, each time, I mean, it's not like I would look at it and be like, oh, interesting, right? But I would look at it and be like, okay, what can I do, right? And slowly kind of chipped away at it until I was like, I think I'm there. Yeah. Like, 
That's I, awesome. I think I'm there. Now what do I do, right? Yeah. And there's still things to do because there always is. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think it's one of those where we start and then we keep working and we keep uncovering mm-hmm. and we keep progressing. Yeah, absolutely. So get online. You can look at uh, the One Layer Deeper website. There's also a link to that from the Worth Recovery website. So if you go there and listen to podcasts, you can just click on that link um, on the side menu that says One Layer Deeper and check out what's there. Again, we would love to chat with you about it, or you can go ahead and just get registered. Um, Yeah. Anything else? Nope. I think that's great. Okay. Awesome. We look forward to continuing to work with you and continuing to share our ideas about family of origin and that One Layer Deeper because that really is where we make the progress. Mm of Worth Recovery is to dispel shame and build hope in the lives of women struggling with and recovering from sex addiction. I am not associated with any 12-step group, religious organization, or therapeutic clinic. I am an addict sharing my own experiences and recovery.